With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. And I know it's been a while. It's been too, too long. But things get in the way and we've got a busy summer ahead. And the good news for you who are loyal listeners of the podcast and are probably thinking, have they released this by mistake? No, we've got loads of really good stuff coming up throughout the summer because it is the biggest of all summers. It is an Ashes Test summer. And um, Chris Millard and myself, James Gregg, are going to be with you all the way through Trying to bring you a bit of reaction, trying to t- look at a different angle to the likes of TMS and TalkSport and all the other million cricket podcasts that have spawned since our inception, what, three or four years <laughs> ago. Um, and they still don't have a better backlog of guests than us, by the way. No chance. No podcast does. So if you are new to this and you're thinking, what are they on about? Go and have a look. Have a little scroll down on the podcast feed and you'll see an embarrassment of riches in terms of guests that we've had on. I'm not even going to start listing them because... Well, you can do that yourself whilst you're having a listen to this episode. So this summer, Chris, it's obviously about as big as it gets for the England cricket team and about as big as it gets from a Barmy Army perspective as well. Um, Events. First one that springs to mind, Barmy Bingo, which is a new brainchild. And if we're completely honest, we're still sort of working out how it's going to (laughs) work. We are. We are. Nice to be back, first of all. James, it's lovely to be back on a podcast with you and we... We've left a bit too long, haven't we? As you said, things happen. Life gets in the way, but we're we're back. We're back for the Ashes, a massive year of cricket. The Ashes, a World Cup, a West Indies tour. There's so much cricket to go at. And as you rightly say, we've got um, Barmy Bingo coming up. So to give you the background on this, it's a brainchild of the um, Barmy Army Ops team, really. We, we had a work end of quarter do, and they planned Barmy Bingo. Well, they planned Bongo's Bingo. 
So we took the whole Barmy Army staff team down to Bongo's Bingo and we had an amazing night. And we decided to flip it on the night and turn it into Cricket Bongo Bingo. So when they were calling out the numbers, we'd then start singing the song of the player that it related to. And then we got back to the office the next day, a few dusty heads, um, I must admit. But we had a little conversation. It was like, well, we should do this. Like, yeah. Everyone wants something to do after cricket. Everyone wants to have a bit of fun and sing some songs. What better way than to win prizes like cardboard cutouts of Owen Morgan <laughs> and um, a day out with certain ex-cricketers than to do it playing bingo after a day watching England dominate the Aussies the first day of the Ashes. So the, the first version of the event, the trial event, is going to be a walkabout on Broad Street in Birmingham after day one of the test match starting at 8pm. And it's going to be a night of um, a lot of Ashes festivities, but the, the main pinnacle point is Barmy Bingo, you on the mic, Finchie on the trumpet, Pagey on the DJ decks, all dressed up in umpires' uniforms. What more? could you want from a Friday in June? You know what? It's making me nervous, actually. But it's going to be great, isn't it? It's a great concept. Um, and, and if you work for Bongo's Bingo and you listen to this, yes, we absolutely did rip you off. And I am sorry, but it's just a great idea. Well done, you. Yeah, correct. It is good. It is good. It's been going a while as well, that. So we've, um, yeah. Hey, look, we're going to put our own twist on it. That's day one of the Ashes as well. So that is going to be some start to um, the Ashes summer. And uh, if you are at Edgebaston, or even if you're not, and you're listening to this, keep your eyes peeled on the socials because we'll be sort of going mad for it, won't we, in the next couple of weeks, building up to that. So we will. There's, there's, one, there's one thing I must mention, Greggy. There is mm. only 50, 50 tickets left for the Birmingham event. So 50 Ooh. tickets. They'll be gone very quickly when we start promoting it again. So make sure you do get... Tickets to the Birmingham one. If not, we are doing the same in London at, at during the Lord's Test, the first day of the Friday of the Lord's Test. Sorry, we will be doing it at a central London venue in Leicester Square, and it's going to be mega. So, any London based listeners, make sure you come down to that. And we'll have already had one, one go at it in Birmingham, so it'll be even better. I thought perfect. Looking forward to it already. Looking forward to it. And you know what is actually really nice? We're recording this at well just after T or is T now, isn't it? Of the first test against all the only test, um, England versus Ireland. Say the first test because it is the first test of the English summer. And it is nice, isn't it? Seeing the sun beating down on that gorgeous green outfield at Lords just seems such a long time since we had any cricket in, in the UK of, of a red ball variety with England and it's honestly I'm so I'm so excited so so excited it seems late as well you know um it's been a long time since the last test really hasn't it hmm. New Zealand was a hell of a long time ago now and it just the IPL seems to go on for longer and longer each year doesn't it hmm. I mean it was amazing for those that are into the IPL and watch it. it was a very good tournament seeing so many English faces competing over there but it has um has prolonged the um, lack of test cricket, unfortunately, but we're back. I've just, as we've been talking, I've just watched in the background of the office. We do have it on, of course. Watch <laughs> Stuart Broad um, take a, another wicket. He looks in mighty fine form. I hope Dave Warner's watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're absolutely. Well, what's that five for now? So there we have it. Nice little start to the summer for Broadie. Yeah, um, I'm not going to go too big on controversial opinions here, but the. I mean, that would be, that would be, <laughs> that's, that... that's, that's very not like you, Greg. Eh? <laughs> You're not one sitting on the fence, are you? No, I'm just thinking, you know, come on. I, I, I don't get 
the IPL thing yet. I don't. And I've watched it on TV. I've watched plenty of it over the years, right, to to, to see it and understand. I, look, I, I understand what an amazing product it is. I do actually think that some of the matches and stuff that you see is fantastic to watch. It's a great spectacle. They know how to put on a show. Um, I just don't. It's just not the same for me as watching an England test match, home or away. It's not even the same as an ICC tournament for me. I know it's international cricket. One's kind of domestic and the two different things, different audiences, you could argue. And I need to go right to the IPL and then make my mind up, don't I? Because, because I, I just can't get into it. And I'm not saying I dislike it. I just can't get into it. I don't understand. I just don't understand the appeal. I think we're, we're, we're English, aren't we? We're, we're very traditional English. We've always supported our counties. We've always supported our football teams. You kind of grow up supporting a team. You don't just then start supporting a team because they wear a nice kit or they've signed your favourite player. But <laughs> look, we are not the target market quite clearly. But mm. hey, I know a lot of I've got a lot of mates that are very like us, but do support a team. And one of my mates actually showed up the other day to our cricket nets, our um, very below average cricket team in a... <laughs> Double XL Registan Royals T-shirt, and I was like, "Wow, what is happening?" I thought that's a that's a real shift in culture. I would have thought three years ago that wouldn't happen, but he's rocked up really proud of his Registan Royals top. So, mind you, he is a bit odd. <laughs> three years ago, he'd have been turning up in a Yorkshire Vikings or a whatever top, you know. But any, anyway, right, we're not going to get into that. It's the first podcast of the summer, so let's you know let's keep it keep it nice. You have been chatting to Ben Duckett. We're going to get into that in a second. Before that, though, I know it seems strange to be talking about what lies ahead, but just going to plant the seed now for podcast listeners and who, who will have their appetite whetted by watching some of these test matches in the coming weeks, perhaps even the island test matches, enough to kind of rekindle the um, fire in the belly, the thirst for going to watch England away from home. Every single winter now, there is just an awesome amount of opportunity to go and watch England in an amazing place. West Indies talk to me because there's some great travel packages and it's one that's on my bucket list as well. Yeah, we'll have to get you there, James, for this one. I, I think it's just one of those places, if you haven't been before to the West Indies to watch cricket, then you must go. It's it's a bucket list. I know, of course, I'm going to say that Barmy Army would, would sell in quite a lot of packages to go there. However, if, if I'm a punter, if I want to go, it's on the cricket bucket list, isn't it? Usually oh, yeah. a, a game in Barbados, but look, when I went a couple of years ago, Grenada, what a place. What a beautiful place that is. Grenada is just an excellent place. Antigua, very relaxing, lovely beaches, lovely hotels. And Barbados is the, the party island you get the cricket. And, and the final island where cricket's happening is Trinidad, where we've not been for many, many years. So there's so much happening and there is so much um, going on. But the West Indies in December, it's freezing cold in December at home. Everyone's ill. Everyone's moaning about how cold it is, how long this winter's going to be. We'll be in the West Indies celebrating England's ODI side and T20 side that are the best in the world at the minute, as we know, um, enjoying uh, rum punch and some fabulous cricket and some Barmy Army parties. Like, I don't understand, um, other than the, the obvious economical impact and the, the difficult time we've had if people can afford to go i don't understand why you wouldn't go sounds rubbish sounds rubbish um definitely have a look at that definitely have a look the barmy army website by the way has got a lot better obviously i'm, I'm kind of <laughs> i don't work for the barmy army but i am obviously 
affiliated to, and probably a few years ago, the Barmy Army website was not at its best, but now it's great. I genuinely, and I hate saying nice things about you, but it's um, you've, you've done a good job sorting that out. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're getting there. We're making some really good progress. We've got a team in the office that are very passionate about what they do and really enjoy what they do. So um, things like the website improvements, the blog, the social media improvements, the events that we're trying to improve are all for our members and all for the people that support the England team. We want to make it as fun and as accessible as possible to support the England team, whether that's touring overseas, whether that's being a member, whether that's buying a ticket to one of our events, whether that's just interacting with us online and feeling part of the community that way. We want to make it the absolute best experience for anyone involved with cricket and involved with the Barmy Army. Well, there you go. Plenty of stuff throughout the summer to come on that front as well. Like we've been alluding to, so keep your eyes peeled on all the usual places as well on socials, etc. Now, talk to me about Ben Duckett. Where did you bump into Ben Duckett? We've had him on the podcast before, but um, this is obviously a pre-Ashes chat. We have, yes. Ben Duckett is a avid supporter of the Barmy Army over many, many years. He's He played for the Barmy Army Colts when he was 14 on a cricket tour. Mm. He, he's just been part of the furniture, if you like, growing up in, within the uh, infrastructure of the Barmy Army. So this year, we decided to sponsor him. So Barmy Army are sponsoring Ben Duckett for the whole year. You'll see us on the back of his bat, Barmy Army Travel, and you'll see him at some of our events. You'll see him popping up here, there, and everywhere with the Barmy Army. So it's a really exciting year to have Ben on board working with us as our proud ambassador. I think he's someone that has the potential to be one of England's great openers for a very long time in multi-format as well. He's already shown what he can do in the test team. He's shown what he can do in the, the short format as well. He's such an exciting cricketer. And it felt right that we supported him. So we we caught up on a fairly cold midweek day in May at Knotts as he was preparing to face Jimmy, actually, um, against Lanks. <laughs> He did all right. So um, he was preparing to face Jimmy. He was talking through um, the tactics of what he was going to try and do. I think he was he was trying to, it was a sh- quite a short boundary that day. So if he gave him any width, he said he was going to try and cut him for six. I was like, yeah, that's that's the way to play Jimmy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'd be really happy about that as well. <laughs> love the ambition. Absolutely love the ambition. So um, no, it was a really good chat with him. He's such a good guy. I'm just wishing him all the best for this year and, I really think he, he's going to be one of our standout players for the Ashes series. Certainly. It's difficult to pick a standout, isn't it? Or a potential standout with Harry Brook, obviously Bairstow had that ridiculous summer last year. Um, lots of people hoping that Zach Crawley you know, brings his best because his best is ridiculous. Um, and then you Stokes, Root, you know, Harry Brook, Ben Duckett. I mean, embarrassment really. And then you chuck in the bowlers, you know, this new lad, Josh Tong as well. The Worcestershire seamer looks brilliant as well, doesn't he? Ben Stokes talks about him having the X factor. So there's quite a lot um, to go at really. And we do wish them all the very best. Look, we're going to see how it all pans out. Chris and I will be here on the podcast um, on effectively day six of every single test match with a guest. We're not sure who yet. We're just going to try and grab somebody, I think, from each, uh, each test match, you know, an ex-England player, for example, and we'll talk through uh, through a few bits and pieces and also any interactions that you may have with us on social media, any uh, emails you send in, etc. Look, we're going to get into a great summer and we're going to kick it off with hearing from the man at the top of the England batting order, Ben Duckett, speaking to Chris Millard here on the Barmy Army Shackles Are Off podcast. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're on the brink of a Ashes summer. It's a long time ago since you made your test debut. This feels a bit different though. The Ashes is coming. We're on fine form. How excited are you? How are you feeling ahead of a pretty big summer? Yeah, I mean, putting it like that, a little bit surreal, I think. You know, I mean, even if I look back to kind of last summer, the thought of even being in the mix for an Ashes summer was, is pretty incredible, to be honest. So, yeah, I think kind of the older I've got, I've learned to almost put those kind of things in the back of my mind I, I think maybe you know two three four years ago it would have been I'd have been conscious of it and probably putting too much pressure on myself out in the middle but I you know for me really it's about I'm just taking each week as it comes now um, trying to you know I don't know how much cricket I'll play for knots this summer so I really want to try and you know give them all I've got whilst I'm here um, yeah and it's started really well so fingers That's crossed right, I can yeah. take their form through not a bad start at all as um, a very newly formed Barmy Army ambassador. Um, good to be in the runs early doors. Uh, we're very happy about it. Obviously, we always are, but we're even more more happy now. Um, just as a as a kid growing up, though, and as a fan, what did the Ashes mean to you in the early days of you loving cricket? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the standout for me was 2005. Mm. Um, you know, I know that even a lot of people my age that was kind of got them into cricket. I mean, I was 10 and love the game from I can remember walking really so I was already a massive fan of watching England cricket but I just remember yeah little moments of that summer you know the way England played um, you know how fearless they kind of were which in a certain sense kind of is like the England team are playing now um, you know the way KP came into that team back then and just took on the Aussies it was just incredible to watch um, there's not loads of the away trips that I'm, there's too many <laughs> fond memories of, you know, it's an incredibly, incredibly tough place to go. But yeah, it's just, it's just really exciting. I think you can already tell the kind of buzz around the country. And I guess when you're watching it, you know, it's a big thing, but when you've got people coming up to you, you know, you might be playing in it. It's a, it's a different kind of excitement. Um, yeah. And hopefully the weather's good and, and, you know, England can, can turn them over. We're hoping the same, as, yeah. you, as you can imagine. Um, so, obviously, you've got a, a formidable side in the Aussies. They've got, they're an incredible team. They've got some incredible talents. But I think it was Ollie Robinson that said he was going to stick it to the Aussies. Do you second that? Are you confident? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be making comments, you know, like Robbo did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, it's professional sport. And I think any team you play in, you believe that you can beat any team. But I just feel the way that, you know, that 
England test team have played for the past 12 months, you know, there's, it's just a huge opportunity to, to do something pretty special. Um, and, and for me, it seems like kind of the, the country believe that yeah. as well. I think, I feel like that's why it's more exciting this year because, you know, in the last five, six years, not everyone's necessarily been behind the test team and it, it's been tough at times. Um, but it feels like right now, not just the team believe they can win, you know, every fan around the country would be, would be right, behind, right behind us and, and, and believing we can win. Momentum, that's what we, that's what we love to see as an England test cricket fan. You've had an incredibly busy winter as well. You've been playing a lot of cricket in all formats and you've quoted saying you just want to play as many games for England as you can and you, you have been doing that. How, how have you found it? Have you enjoyed it? Has it been challenging or how's it been for you? Yeah, I think looking back, you know, the second stint after Christmas was probably tough looking back. Yeah. You know, we obviously went three ODIs, test series, straight to Bangladesh for three T20s. You know, it's in three very different conditions against yeah. different teams. It, yeah, I, I, I like to kind of react to situations and yeah, I'm fairly proud of you know how things went this winter you know I, di I was disappointed with the the ODIs in South Africa but yeah. you know playing a couple of games these things can happen and yeah I, I think actually I've not really had too much time to reflect but it was you know probably the first taste of you know how tough it can be in the space of six seven weeks to play three different formats in international cricket um, but you know it, it's kind of what you get used to in busy county summers you know yeah. you go from t20 to a four-day game to what and, you know i found a way to kind of trust my game and almost play similar kind of cricket throughout all three formats um yeah and it was just it was just great to be a part of that you know all three england sides again and yeah i remember saying that in new zealand and you know i've had what was it four or five years out of the england dressing room and i just want to try and take every chance i can get now playing for England that's what I wanted to do growing up as a kid it wasn't I didn't grow up as a kid saying I wanted to go and play in T20 comps yeah. it was you know every, all the work I've done has been to play for England and thankfully I'm in a place right now where you know I can I can try and do that and you know you can worry about these comps in between or, or after. Very good very well summed up would you would you say for you the pinnacle of cricket is the Ashes playing in the Ashes series would you say that? Yeah I don't know to be honest I mean I'd never really thought of things that way. I think, you know, everyone's got different opinions. But if I think about Test cricket, I think about England v Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, so in that sense, I'd, I'd definitely say so. I've never played in a World Cup. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're pretty close, aren't they? But I think to win an Ashes series here in England, um, I think I've finished my career being pretty happy, just, <laughs> just even at that. Yeah, it'd be, um, it'd be a very good achievement. One thing that England fans are famous for is expecting a lot. There's a World Cup in the same year. Um, we're already holders of the trophy. Are we? Are we too aspirational to hope for a Ashes victory and a World Cup victory? I, I think that you know whatever team the the World Cup team is, and I think there's definitely two chances to go and do that. You know, I think England white ball is is so strong. Um, I mean, two of the tougher challenges you'll get playing against potentially the best team in the world, Australia, um, and then going to play a World Cup in, in India. Um, I think if, you know, you'd won an Ashes in a World Cup come December, I think that would be two incredible achievements. 
there will be at both of them supporting you on as you know. Um, finally, just touch on uh, McCullum and Stokes. It's obviously what, how we see it as fans from the outside looking in. It looks an incredibly relaxed environment, an environment where you're allowed to flourish and be yourself, really. Do you think this is a really forward-thinking way of, of leadership and how to get the most out of elite athletes, or, or do you think it's something that just works for the team you've got at the minute? Yeah, I think it's easy to do it in a team that buys into it. Yeah. You know, different teams and stuff, you'll have different individuals who agree with it. Um, but I was just the same as you. I mean, I was watching on last summer as a fan and I just thought, wow, you know, this, that environment looks incredible. And when I stepped into it, it was even better than it looked from the outside. Wow. I, I've never experienced anything like it. And, you know, I don't think I will in, a, in another team, you know, hopefully in, in that team for a little while. But um, just how relaxed the environment is and it's had a massive impact on me personally. Um, even these first three games of the summer, I've been doing things that I'd never have done before. Even the way I train, um, trying to do it with a smile on my face. And, you know, even in tough net sessions, I'm trying to run at bowlers, put them under pressure. And it's just that mindset of, I think, playing four-day cricket, everyone thinks, you know, different situations, you know, should I do this, should yeah. I not? And it's kind of taking that completely out yeah. and going, if I want to do something, just committing to it 100 percent and i think by doing that in net sessions and stuff i've i've taken it into a different dressing room the way that i've got i mean last week day one at lords paddling a seamer twice for four <laughs> like i've thought about doing that hundreds of times in county cricket to someone who's not bowling express pace and mm. last week i just thought i don't even know why i'm considering this and you know just did it and got four runs the change of field um yeah. i feel like that's purely because of that England dressing room and Stokesy wow. and Baz McCallum, I wouldn't have done that, you know, otherwise. Um, so it's just kind of keep doing that. I don't feel like there's a there's a ceiling on how to kind of play four day cricket now, um, which is which is a really special place to be. Do you think other ca other countries are going to try and catch us up in that method and that style of play? Yeah, I don't know other countries. You know, obviously different conditions and, and where you're playing. I feel just from my experience of playing it. This winter, you know, Pakistan played their brand of cricket yeah. and it showed that it didn't work when we're doing what we're doing and doing it well. Yeah. You know, I think there are elements of if we're scoring at five and over throughout the day, you probably have to score a bit quicker, you know, if it, if it does go well. So, you know, you've seen bits of it already around the county circuit, which is great to see. I love it. Even I'm playing against young batters and they're trying to smack it or put the bowlers back under pressure. It's, it's so much more enjoyable to be around than if people are just kind of, you know, trying to block it all day. Um, but I'm sure the way the game's moving and the amount of T20 cricket that's being played, you know, certain other countries will, will. But whether they'll, I feel like you need a coach and a captain to lead by example, and that's what England have got. And you know, different countries may not have that right now. Brilliant answer. And this will be the final one, I promise. Um, your Barmy Army song, this is a Barmy Army interview, you have a Barmy Army song, you've had a couple now over the years, um, what's it like to have your own song as a player? Yeah, it's it's great to be honest, um, and to be honest, uh, for me, I mean, I want them on my side this summer, definitely, I want them <laughs> singing that as loud as they can, and fingers crossed I'll be out in the middle batting, but yeah, you're always noticing it going on, and even I'm listening to different, different people's song, you know, even not even a song but when everyone's shouting root when he's batting it's yeah. it's incredible and as an individual um 
that kind of support. It was the first time I properly witnessed it playing in New Zealand and it's just a different kind of atmosphere. You know, you've got them singing all day. There's never a dull moment and the lift and boost that gives us out there in the middle. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Then 26 quick fire questions for um, how many England Cups you've got across all formats. Very random number I know, but hopefully it'll be 27 soon. First one, best innings you've played? Well, we just played then, didn't we? I think my favourite would be Test 100. Um, but I think the best one I ever played was for the Lions in a 50 over game. We got 220 not out. Decent. Just one of those days where everything, I mean, looking back, I don't know how I did it but just everything clicked and everything I hit went in the gap or went for four. So I think that one's got to be up there. Brilliant. Number two, what's your most played artist on Spotify? It's actually, and this is probably more since having a girlfriend, Dermot Kennedy. Uh, okay. And we, we actually went and saw him in I Nottingham. See, I saw you yeah, 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 we saw it and he was unbelievable. So yeah, I'd have to, a bit more chilled out than, than okay. I maybe it would have been five years ago. <laughs> Drake, Drake or someone like that. <laughs> what's your favorite meal? I uh, can't go past a Sunday roast for me. Yeah. Beef. Especially when you've been away a lot. And yeah. Uh, that, that, every tour I go to, I'm thinking about having a roast when <laughs> I get back. Especially yeah. subcontinent. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> okay, next question. Who's been the biggest uh, inspiration in your life? Oh, um, it's probably cricketing sense, say my dad. Um, which, you know, a lot of lads do say that, but he was a big part of why you know i'm playing cricket now i think as soon as we had a very sporty family but he loves he loves his cricket i mean he, i'm convinced he moved to west Hampshire just so he could be on lord's doorstep so um yeah mum and dad but but more so dad in the cricketing sense he's well known to the barmy army as well yeah. <laughs> okay next question do you have any pre-match rituals i don't i don't um and i think I've potentially done different things in the past, but I've just kind of realized no matter what I do in the morning, the outcome is going to be different every single day of a cricketer's, as a batter's life. So I'm not really one for superstitions or, or little things. Um, you know, if I was to get a hundred and be batting the next day, I might just do what I did the morning before, yeah. but not, not too much to be honest. Cause as I say, I mean, you could feel the best in the world and, and get naught as a batter and, you could almost feel the worst and get 100, so I tend to try and stay clear of all that. Uh, that'd be a lesson to you club cricket, it's probably saying pants <laughs> every Saturday. <laughs> okay, what's your, who's the most famous person in your phone book? Oh, that's a good question, that. Because I've, I've got, a, there's a couple in there. I'd probably say Piers Morgan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, most, no, I can't, can't look past that I like one. Them all yeah. Best stadium you've ever played at? Um, I'm just a massive Lords fan, personally. Um, that for the tees? Yeah, I'll get to be fair, and that's when you're batting and you miss out on them. But <laughs> Lords is so special. I mean, I've only played county cricket there, so fingers crossed that's going to change fairly soon. But I think, you know, the the history behind it and, you know, the thought of walking through a packed out long room 
go out to bat in front of 25,000. That's yeah, pretty incredible. Amazing. You can have anyone, past or present, batting as your partner at either end. Who you picking? Brian Lara. Brian Lara. Easy answer for me. That is. I used to turn the TV on every time he was batting. Who's the most difficult bowler you've ever faced? Ashwin. <laughs> Won't be a surprise to many people. Um, I, I mean, I think most left-handers who have ever batted in India against him would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a ridiculous bowler and I actually played with him here, yeah. um, which is nice. I played him in the nets as much as I could to try and get a bit more confidence <laughs> to him. Um, but yeah, he was, he was, he was incredible. Looking forward to seeing you back in India, hopefully this time next, well, in January next year. I won't be blocking as many if I do. <laughs> What's your favourite drink? Non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic. I'd probably, I mean, I drink two, three coffees a day. Um, I think that or... Something about cricket and coffee, isn't it? Well, I just think because you're always so bored up there, sitting in the dressing room and you got coffee or water, really, so... I mean, that's probably the drink that I'd, yeah, I'd have every day. Um, I mean, I personally, I love a Diet Coke on tap in a pub or something. It always tastes nicer yeah. there. Yeah. What's your favourite Barmy Army song? Wow, you put me on the spot there, oh, haven't you? I've thrown you in the bus. I feel like, you, can you give me a couple and I'll... <laughs> Shake it up, Woody. Woody's, Woody's a good one. It's a belter, isn't it? I'm trying to think if I've heard it when I've been playing Woody's with it. One Night in Carl Cutter's good, but... Did you sing it or not? Would I sing it? Yeah. Can you sing it now? Or? <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday. Song. I'm gonna, that I mean, song. I'm, I'm hoping to hear a lot more of them this summer, so I'll, I'll know them a lot better. I mean, I'm hoping they might be singing my song, so that's got to be up there. I think there. it will be. What's still on your bucket list to do? I don't think I've... Win the Ashes? Yeah. Is that a good answer? Yeah, that's the best. Because I was actually about to say I don't really have any, but I mean, that would be right up if there. If you're going to say skydive with the missus, we'll probably just stop rolling. <laughs> Me and my missus do not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. You got any other favourite sports? Yeah, I mean, loved playing all sports. Um, growing up as a, as a kid, um, been following Knott's Forest a lot oh. recently in the last couple of years. I mean, it's on my doorstep just here, so... Um, Playing-wise, rugby was my favourite at school. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I rugby, football, love playing tennis, um, you name it. I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch sport religiously all day. Who's the best wicketkeeper you've ever played with? It's, it's got to be, got to be folksy, isn't it? I mean, he's, you know, I didn't play with Chris Reid here. He's right up there, but, you know, folksy's talked about being one of the best in the world so um gotta go with him who's the best teammate in the dressing room in this dressing room any dressing room jack leach jack, jack leach and luke fletcher like similar kind of energy i just all winter playing with leachy i just he's one he's the type of guy that you walk into a dressing room and i just me and him just laugh at each other yeah just as soon as i see him he just makes me happy and fletch is very similar here if you you notice a week when Fletch isn't playing. Really? So much because of the energy he brings and yeah, so for me those two are those two are right there. Two questions here. In the current England squad, who's the worst dressed, worst dressed sense, and who's the most stylish? I mean, Pakistan obviously is not really a place for showing off what you know your 
your fashion sense. I mean, there, <laughs> I'd say Brookie, who's now one of the richer men in the group, I mean, he'd wear the same, he'd probably have two t-shirts that he'd recycle and a pair of shorts. And I did tell him that. Um, Yorkshire, that, isn't it? Yeah, very well. He's, he's still going to be, I know he's going to be tight now, even after his big pay packet in the IPL. So, and who's the best? Not sure how many. There's too much great passion, certainly not him. Um, who would be in there? I'm trying to think, Folksy, but he's just a good looking chap, isn't he? I'm not sure. Yeah, he can do no wrong. He just gets freebies, I think, Folksy. Um, <laughs> trying to think to New Zealand. Bad this. I, I can't. No one stands out no to me. One. Of like really cool. Like he's 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 got the gear. And that might be because of a month in Pakistan of everyone wearing the same shorts and t-shirt every single day. <laughs> but I'll see a bit more of that this summer in England. Good, good, good. We'll come back to you on that one. L last three then. Longest to get changed or padded up. It takes it takes ages. That's about Stokes is never ready, I find. I feel because you'd be very shocked to know he's so relaxed. Like almost, I reckon the guy's faced a ball and he's next in still putting his pads on. And you know, most other people are probably sat upstairs waiting to go out to bat, a bit more nerve wracking. I mean, because I'm opening, I'm not really seeing uh, yeah. Popey, Rooty. So it's generally, I'd see maybe four, five, six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Stokesy, but in a very relaxed way. He's not panicking. God. I mean, I feel like a wicket could go down and he's still got one pad on. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Last two, these are two biggies. I think you might, I don't know if you're gonna be able to answer this one. Right. Jimmy or Brody? Well, I'm gonna go Brody just cause you have to, don't he's my, my Knott's teammate, so. You're facing Jimmy this week. I know, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I know it's gonna be tough here at Trent Bridge, but I'm already eyeing up that short boundary at backward point there if he, if he gives me a bit of width, but that's going to be a challenge. Quality. Final one, Smith or Warner? Um, I mean, Smith is kind of on a different level, um, but I, I think Warner gave me a lot of inspiration when I started opening. Okay. So I'd probably say him because, you know, I'm not your conventional opening batter and watching him bat in test cricket kind of gave me the belief that I could play in my way. Nice. I didn't have to go and bat like, you know, at the time, Alistair Cook or someone like that, you know, watching the way that he used to put bowlers under pressure. Um, when I started a few of the young, a few of the North fans, as you used to say, you know, yeah. young Davy Warner, so. Um, <laughs> high. I mean, I'd, yeah, probably well, a little short, yeah, trying to whack everything. I mean, I'd take half his, half his career, so I'll go with him. Left-handed batter. Good answer. You're going to outscore him in the Ashes anyway, so don't worry about it. I hope so. So I'm on, Ben. Cheers, man. Ben Duckett speaking to you, Chris. Great lad. Really do like Ben Duckett. And also what you can't see when you're listening is the little glint in his eye that he has when he's talking. Very, very funny. Like he's got that sort of, yeah, always looking to take the piss. And I quite like it. Good man. Good man. Yeah. Um, hope he does well. Look, before we go, Chris had this little, little idea a minute ago. 
to basically have a competition because competitivity. So I think that we're going to try and pick our top run scorer, top wicket taker, and overall Ashes prediction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you are the you are the Glenn McGrath, the English Glenn McGrath of Ashes predictions. By the way, I mean, it's like the most. Gotta be. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. It's part of your job remit, probably. Um, <laughs> I, so, who's going to kick off? I mean, it's your idea, so you can you can have have first dibs here, mate. Um, what we're we doing? Highest run scorer first. Yeah. So hi- highest run scorer. It's a real tough one to be honest we've got so much ability in that top order you look at harry brook you look at rooty you look at duckett you look at crawley johnny stokes it's just it's potential to be a lot of high run scores in there but i am going to go loyal and stick to my guns so loyalty now means duckett or rooty um <laughs> however i am I, i'm out to win i'm a competitive guy i'm going to go rooty england top run scorer that would be um, not surprising, and actually, I'm quite annoyed that you picked Rooty because that was going to be my pick. I thought you were going to go Ben Duckett. Um, it was very, very close. You know what? I I think big breakthrough summer. I suppose the breakthrough summer came last summer, didn't it? From a Harry Brook perspective, but let's go Harry Brook for me. Just think he's so exciting. I think the Australian um quicks are not going to have been taken on by any batsman in the world like they have done by Harry Brook, particularly on home soil. So let's go Harry Brook. All right? Okay, Brook. Very good. Harry Brook and Rooty. Um, highest wicket taker. Go on, Chris. Highest wicket taker. Stuart Broad. Stuart Broad? Yeah? Stuart Broad. That's uh, that's original, considering that as we speak, he's just got five for a tee on the first day on the first test. Uh, you should test never give away the board. opportunity to go first. I know, I did like, kick myself. I just think, what I was I doing there? That was a bit. That was oh, stupid. Um, yeah, but it'll make it that much sweeter when when I do um, come out on top. And it's not me coming out on top. I think it is going to be uh, summer for. This is tricky, isn't it? Because. I, I don't you you never really think a spinner in an Ashes series is gonna come out on top. And you definitely don't you know, we've not seen that since Shane Warne when he was just basically ripping through everyone. You're laughing, why are you laughing? I think we're gonna see a man who has flourished under Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes like no other. Unsung hero. We love him. I think Jack Leach. Seriously, Jack Leach is gonna be the highest wicket taker. Okay. Okay. Happy with that? I know you're happy with that because you've gone for Stuart Broad. You've, you've done me. I'll take that. I mean, I love Leachie. I think he's a great asset for the team, but I think you should stick to golf. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people saying that, I think. No, no. I think I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love nothing more than see Leachie rip through the Aussies. I do think he's bowling He's bowling his best best of his career, you know. Um, Definitely. And, yeah. And, and you just don't know. You don't know. It's all on the surfaces as well, isn't it? Of course. Let's uh, let's talk Ashes predictions then, and I am going to say it's going to be three nil England, three nil, nil, yeah, three nil. Wow, yeah. Okay, well, um, just, just I just I just can't see, I can't see Australia having any again like what i just said, said about harry brook you know that they're going to be going oh my word really i know they know what to expect they've seen a full summer of it already but i, I still don't think that they're going to be ready for it 
Four nil England, one rain affected game. Aussie's not going to get anywhere close. <laughs> one rain affected game. That's the only reason. Okay, fair enough. Correct. Well, there we go. Their ashes, they are our ashes predictions. We'll be going through them. And just a reminder, if you do want to send yours in as well and uh, get involved, we can sort of, you know, go along with them and uh, and see Correct. how we're all getting on. I do reply hope to it's... the tweet, reply to the Instagram, Facebook, just comment below when we promote this podcast with your ashes prediction. We will put ours all over social media and we will give the winner a ashes Barmy Army shirt. If you get it right, if you get the leading run scorer, the, um, the leading wicket taker and you get the prediction right we will give you a ashes the best shirt okay there we go that's a that's intensive high incentive um chris nice one we'll talk again in a couple of weeks time and very much looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible 50 tickets left as chris says by the time this you listen to the end of this podcast there'll probably be about 25 so you really need to get a wriggle, wriggle on get some of those tickets bought hope to see as many of you there at walkabout in birmingham as possible after day one of the ashes and uh, have a great cricketing summer and uh, we'll speak to you next time here on the shackles are off podcast sports social podcast network